0: Hi, I'm Lori.
1: And I'm Kevin. And this is No Longer Ashamed.
0: We are survivors of childhood sexual abuse.
1: And we're here to share with you that if you're a survivor, you don't have to be alone.
0: Our logo is a salamander. And the reason is, a fire salamander can survive a fire, and you have survived a fire.
1: We want to help you with your journey to healing and hope.
0: We are all survivors together, and we walk this journey together. And you are not alone.
1: By telling our stories, we are hoping that you will have the courage to share in your stories as well and find your voice.
0: Because stories are so important. And for so long, I know that I wouldn't tell my story. But when I finally shared my story, that's when I got my freedom.
1: And this is our journey and your journey to healing and hope. So come with us. I wanted to talk about repulsion and revulsion. Such fun terms. And I kind of see them as the same thing, but there's two sides to them. One is like a a reaction you get and you don't even think about it. And the other is that feeling that you carry when you think about something. So one's a reaction without thinking, and one is how you think about things. And the reason I'm talking about is that's something that as a survivor, we deal with a lot because, you know, what we talk about are what happened to us is a repulsive thing. It's a people are revolted by it. It's an awful thing. I'm even revolted by talking about what happened to me still. It's still a feeling I have. And Part of that is, does it mean we're revolting? Is there something that rubs off on us because of what happened to us? And sometimes it feels that way. I know I don't feel that way about the people we talk to who are survivors, the people we've interviewed, even though I find the action often very repulsive and to the point of triggering in a lot of times and this is recently I got Julie's book. Have you gotten it yet? What happens to her is so repulsive to me. And after knowing her and meeting her and Zoom and so forth, I, I just I can't always deal with knowing that that happened to her because of the repulsion I have.
0: Yeah. Julie's book is has just come out. It's called Shadowed. How I became the trafficked mom next door.
1: Yeah. And it's an amazing book. And she was an amazing interview. And what she's doing is amazing. And the fact that Malouf <laughs> has joined with...
0: Elizabeth Smart Foundation.
1: Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. And she she writes the, was it the foreword or the, I think it was the foreword. But yeah, I mean, it's such an important book and it's so powerful. The topic is so hard and it's not, you know, I, I struggle with the fact that It just doesn't seem fair we're stuck with this dealing with talking about this repulsive thing that no one else talks to that degree. You know, we all have secrets, but we have secrets that when we talk about them, people react because of the nature of it. Well, Even
0: what Nathan talked about, you know, he was pretty in his book, he was pretty raw. And as he's been an actor trying to get out there and share the story, people don't want to share that story. And I think it's because of those two words.
1: Yeah we are repulsed by it, and we should be. It's true, but we shouldn't be repulsed by those people, you know, and, and we need to separate the act and the action from the person that was it was done to, and not be repulsed by them. But there, there's also a scale, and this is another thing, is some acts don't seem as repulsive to others, but to the survivor, they might be severe. I know there's like a scale of repulsion, yeah. and we talked
0: spoken scale.
1: Yeah, and so we talked about Luke being abused by an older woman. Well, she wasn't that much older than him, and so it didn't seem that bad. And you know, I I was abused by an older girl when I was young, and it's like, well, weren't you just being initiated? It is isn't that bad a thing? Because it doesn't seem that repulsive, but the trauma that we have experienced was difficult, was traumatic. And yet the repulsion on the scale of repulsion, it's not so bad compared to over here. This person got like what happened to Julie is truly traumatic and truly repulsive. But, you know, so there's this kind of a comparison of repulsion when we talk. I think some people, you know how you talk about you don't like to tell your story because you feel like sometimes people will feel like, oh my gosh, compared to what happened to her and uh, uh, mine's nothing.
0: The word that comes to mind is qualifying. It's like, mm-hmm. I think our, our brain wants to qualify, but I am really curious about a couple of things as you're talking about this. Number one is the listener hearing the story and then the person telling the story. And the, the thing that I have struggled with is I work on my self-talk all the time and I find myself now that I'm more aware of my thoughts, they're not all just in in the back of my mind pushing me to do certain behaviors. Now I'm aware of them. So I can hear that voice that if somebody brushes me off, it's not like a normal thing. It's I must be repulsive. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy for me to go there, even with all the work that I do. Yeah. It is a real challenge. And that's why I'm so such so gung-ho about daily work because when we are paying attention, we're not going to get caught off guard and and all of a sudden be having this horrible day and not even knowing what happened when it was actually my own self-talk that I was yeah. doing and not recognizing mm-hmm. and turning those around into mantras. And it is so amazing to me that we can be in our sixties and seventies and we can still have voices from our childhood yes. that are so strong. telling us those things. And so it it was interesting when you brought that topic up because something happened this morning that I kind of got brushed off about something from someone I love. It wasn't anybody I didn't know, or that was mean. It was someone who loved me and they kind of brushed off something I said. And I, I caught myself because I recognize it now that I was going to, oh, they just think I'm disgusting. In my mind, I was like, Wow because that's not true. And I know that's not true, but now I can catch it. Now I recognize it because I question my thoughts.
1: Yeah, you're aware of those voices that are, and and where they come from. And that's part of this is, you know, we can't deny the revulsion of the act, but we don't necessarily have to carry that stain on us. That's how I kind of look at it. It feels like we have the stain on that people are repelled by.
0: So when you started, you said you were really excited about this. Is Have you figured something out like a way to not carry that? Or what is it that like, what is it that?
1: Well, I realized when I looked at this topic and I realized I don't look at other survivors that way. I don't look at them as if they had the stain of repulsion on them or there's something repellent or, you know, I'm not averse to them because of it. But I've always felt that way about myself, that talking about this, that this topic puts this kind of repellent thing on me, this this grossness on me. But mm-hmm. I don't see that in others. And when I was realizing that, it, was, it made me realize that that is a lie in my head that I've had there, but I didn't recognize. But by recognizing how I look at others, I realized that that isn't true. That so I there's don't.
0: kind of a freedom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also part of it comes from like I was saying, we have to talk about stuff. I mean, so many of us never talk about it because they just keep it a secret and there's a reason they keep it a secret because it's repulsive. They don't want to share this repulsive thing about themselves. And yet, those of us who talk about, we have to talk about this thing that no one likes to talk about. And yet, what what can we do about? We have to talk about. We have to bring it up. We have to in order for there to be a awareness of this, people have to realize that this happens. And in order for people to realize that this happens, we have to talk about what happened to us. You know, it's it's so
0: funny. I hear you say, we have to, we have to. And I get so upset with that (laughs) because we don't have to. But we get to and we want to. And what came up for me was, I remember when we lived on a farm and my kids were little and we had chickens and we started scooping the chicken poop to put it on our brand new garden. The kids would help us dig up the garden and plant. And my middle son could not cope that we were putting poop on the garden no we couldn't do it he would not he was like five and there was no way and it's like let's talk about flowers but we're not gonna talk about poop but the truth is right we have to have that poop for the flowers to grow and so that's what i kept thinking of it's like it just reminds me when you were gonna do a podcast because you have this great voice and i'm like what are you gonna do you're gonna do on biking and you You know, you love music, are you gonna do it on music? No, I'm gonna do it on this. And I'm like, who wants to talk about that? (laughs) Who
1: wants to talk about it? Yeah. No one wants to talk about it. I mean,
0: freedom that we are seeing when people are sharing their stories and we've made some amazing friends because of this. Yes. And we have
1: met so many courageous people. I mean, look at the courage of so many of these. People we've interviewed and that we're friends with now, they're inspiring to me. These people, what they're doing now and what they're taking on this cause.
0: When you look at Julie... Yeah. She is this sweet, sweet girl. You ah. don't look at her and think you were sex trafficked. You think, oh, you're an amazing, sweet young yeah. lady. But when when we're thinking it, it's easy for us to think that's how people see us. Is this what I hear you saying? And so we can realize that, that that's not how people see us too, even yeah. if yeah. for a minute we see ourselves in that way.
1: That's, yeah, that's what was amazing to me was realizing today that I don't feel that way about the people I know who are surviving. Survivors. But I felt that way about myself, that there was this repellent thing because I'm still repelled by what happened to me. And then I started looking at the the whole thing of repulsion and, and revulsion and how, you know, part of it is an instinctive thing. We don't even think about it. Just it's a reaction when you see something that's Wrong, And then part of it is how we feel about this thing we're thinking about. And I just realized that, yes, we're forced to carry the secret or talk about something that's really uncomfortable. We either keep it secret or we make it uncomfortable for people, possibly. It's never comfortable. But that doesn't mean the you know, we look at what happened as revolting, but not necessarily the person. And I've always kind of attached it to myself in some ways. And I think that's true with a lot of people that you can't help but feel revolting because of this revolting thing that happened to you.
0: I think when you say it, like when you hear yourself say it, it makes more sense. But I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but Dr. Caroline Leaf has a NeuroCycle app and it takes you through 21 days to change a habit or a thought. And so what they, what she does is she has you, you know, get into your thoughts and pick something. And then you work on that actually for 21 days and it shows how the brain changes. And so I did it for 21 days and then you do it again and you can pick the same thought or you can pick a new one. And the way, she has you do it. She has you just kind of journal a little and think. And this shocked me so much. The thought that came up for me this was maybe it was before COVID, so it may have been five years ago. Mm. The thought that came up for me is, You are so repulsive. Mm. And I actually shocked me because I don't, I'm not aware that I think that. Mm. But one thing that we have talked about so much is that we have behavior because of the way we think. And yeah. so some people are behaving in a way that's off putting to their families. And they're thinking, why can't my family be nicer to me? And they don't recognize it's the way they're behaving. It's like the tea bag you put the hot water on, and what comes out is for me was you're revolting. So if somebody doesn't want me around for some reason, it could be just because they maybe their house is a mess and they don't want me to come over, what was happening in my brain without me knowing it was you're repulsive and they don't want you around. And so recognizing that, and that's the reason I am so adamant about doing the work. Had I not done that work and looked into that and done the daily activity, I would have never recognized that. And I would have continued behaving in a way that is actually pushing people away, even though we don't know it. Like a lot of the women at Esther's place would say to me, oh my gosh, Lori, do I have kick me written on my forehead? And I would say, actually, how do you do? Because you hate yourself and yeah. you have all this language. And so you're behaving this way, even though you don't think you are because you think you just love everybody.
1: Yeah. It's our own self-talk that we don't, we're not aware of, but it causes us to react in different ways about ourselves. And yeah, that was the revelation for me today was realizing I don't feel that way about others. Why do I think others feel that way about me?
0: So what shifted all of a sudden? Were you like, I'm not that way? Like, what happened?
1: Yeah. And it wasn't all of a sudden. I think it's been happening for quite a while. But what happened was I realized that all of a sudden that (laughs) I used to recognize that or feel that way about myself. I don't necessarily think I feel that way about myself as much. And I think that's Part of what happened was realizing, oh, I know I used to feel that way. And I think it has changed partly because I recognize that I don't feel that way about others. So this has been a gradual process of changing and it wasn't an uh, intentional one like you did, which I think is very important. I think that that's very helpful. What Dr. Caroline with, Leaf. Caroline Leaf was intentional and, and I think that's really important. But in order to do what you did with her, you have to recognize it. And I think what happened today was I recognized it and that's where the big revelation was. This isn't an easy thing to talk about and that's because of the report. And because of that, it makes it hard to recognize that we aren't necessarily, we're not who we were back then. We're not, and what happened to us isn't defining us now. And so we don't have to carry that, that stain on us anymore.
0: So as a coach, what I always recommend to clients when they have some sort of revelation like that is what will you do to anchor that feeling? Like, because I can see your excitement and how all of a sudden you've realized this, what kind of thing can you do to anchor that, that will remind you that, so like, for me, I have behind me, I have all these rocks. So sometimes when I'm trying to anchor a good feeling, I'll pull out one of my jar of rocks and I'll just like look through them because I love them so much, though tumbled ones, especially and they're out. So every time I walk by, I see it now I've made that connection and I may not have the actual thought when I walk by, but I actually feel the happiness of something that I've overcome. Just because of an anchor of something that I'm now looking at that reminds me. Some people get a bracelet. So is there something that you can think of that would anchor this? Because this is, I see joy. I see such a joy in you from this. Um,
1: What I think it is, is seeing these people's books. You know, I got Julie's book and it was such a joy because I have a connection with her. And I feel this bond and it's like with Nathan, with Doug's books, you know, there's this this bond to these people and I see them and I see them as a, a whole person. And so I think seeing them and knowing that I'm not repulsed by them reminds me that I'm not repulsive because of what happened to me. Yeah. And interacting with Mike and Luke and Daniel and our friends that have been on, on the show, just keeping those people in mind and recognizing that I look at them as these great people.
0: So it's giving yourself the same grace.
1: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> on
0: one episode, we talked about kind of the inner child. And one of the struggles I had was when we look at the inner child, then we want to love them. But I couldn't. I hated her. Because she she was the one, she was the one everything happened to. And so she must have been horrible and terrible. And I had a hard time making that connection. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, like you say, it's growing for a while because you go back and you do that work, but it's layers and layers. And it's like, you've hit this new layer of if I could see how others see me, I could recognize that I'm not whatever I've been calling myself.
1: Yeah, but it's a tough battle because it is There's no denying it's a repulsive thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing we need to focus on is the act is the repulsive part.
0: Something you said just made me think, you know how sometimes we think people see things or know things like they don't. Somebody walking by us would not know anything about us. Mm -hmm. But we we might think, oh, they know like the imposter. They know that I'm a failure or they know this has happened to me. So yeah. it, does that fall into kind of that category of what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Most of my life, I always felt like I would be found out. And I, I've, when you think about how many survivors there are and how many of them are keeping it a secret because they don't want people to know that about them because they think people will be repulsed
0: mm-hmm.
1: by them. But the truth is they're repulsed by the act. And that's where I think is the important you know separation separation it feels like, yeah. we have to separate what happened to them the act we should also be repulsed by the perpetrator the most and that's the repulsive and yet they're hiding this secret because they feel like this thing they know it's repulsive i i, I still find it repulsive what happened to me and to all the people i know that are right. survivors i I've, because it is it is and that's why it's hard for me i had a hard time reading julie's book It's hard and I just, it just tears me up what happened to her. But at the same time, I recognize that she is on the path to healing. She's courageous. She's doing all these things. It's like the happy ending that's still happening, at least I feel that. And so, what we need to look at is not the act, but the person behind the act. They aren't the repulsive one. They're the ones that we need to embrace. We need to uplift. We need it's- to. It doesn't define
0: us. Like no. we're letting it define us. But like with my kids, they have ADHD O C D and I always would say they go, Oh, I'm AD. And I'm no, it's not who you are, it's what you have.
1: You have ADHD. It's not I'm ADHD, right. you know. No, no, I have a I am a survivor. I'm not what happened to me. And that's and, not and always maybe, easy for people to say at first.
0: And maybe that's the difference between going from victim to survivor.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's, but I think there's also, we need to recognize that we have to separate our revulsion of something from what the person who was the victim of it, who was surviving it, what they're, because like there is a scale of repulsion. Mm-hmm. You know, some acts seem so abhorrent, we can't even imagine it. And we just feel for those people that had to go through it. And then there's some things that, you know, yeah. That didn't sound so bad, but to them it was traumatic. To them it was life changing. To them it affected them mm-hmm. in ways that we we don't know. But we we have the scale. We we kind of measure things on by what we're repulsed by, rather than how it affected them. And so that kind of adjust our sympathy towards survivors so even like in celebrity cases where there's these celebrities that these people are saying abuse them people are like well yeah maybe maybe not that bad maybe they are taking advantage of it because you know who wouldn't want to get together or do or maybe they're trying to take advantage of it so we're kind of we scale this repulsion on our own bias and I think that's something we need to be aware of as well.
0: Yeah, it's the lens that we look through. Mm-hmm. And in, in my mind, when we don't get the healing for ourselves, then those glasses, those glasses we're looking for, the lenses we're looking for can't change because that's how we're going to judge everything. But when we're able to A, forgive ourselves be separate ourselves from the act then we might be able to look at it differently i just read a book it was a fiction but it was historical fiction about auschwitz and it was wow. somebody from america who was doing charity work you know to help people an actual doc, german doctor that was doing experiments on the jewish people and then two little girls from poland and so looking at all the angles And seeing that the person, the charity person was like, oh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And then the doctor was like, I am doing good work. I am doing all these surgeries, which were, they were doing, they were implanting like shrapnel and stuff into them for experiment. They were doing Mm -hmm. surgeries on these young girls to experiment with like you would normally do on animals. And when When I was reading it, it was really hard for me to separate all of that. And the one, the one gal that came back, yeah, after they all got freed, she was able to come to America and meet with the woman who was the charity person who got her all these medical procedures Mm -hmm. But what was the problem was even when she got better because they they actually had to put part of a bone in and they had to replace her muscles because Mm -hmm. of this terrible experiment. Mm -hmm. But her mind, she still thought because she she had done something and that's why they got arrested. So she had blamed herself. So it was that mindset. And because of it, you could see how she was mean to her family and she was mean to everyone, but she didn't even realize it. But it was because she thought. She was responsible for getting everyone arrested and she couldn't separate Mm -hmm. that. She could. That was a long, a lot of words. I'm sorry to, to, but it's, (laughs) that's what we do. And if we think, if we think I was at the wrong place, the wrong time. So it was my fault. Or if, if we believe what the abuser said, that somehow it's our fault.
1: Yeah. Then we feel repulsed by ourselves because we feel we're a part of it, and and even Daniel talked about that recently after seeing Nathan's YouTube video. Which, if you haven't seen it, you have to see that. That is, it's on our Facebook
0: page. Just go to uh, Facebook and no longer ashamed, and scroll down a little, about five or six posts, and you'll see Nathan's YouTube talk.
1: Yeah, it was incredible, and he talked about how he felt complicit. Because he didn't recognize it as abuse when it was happening to him. Even at a very young age, he felt complicit. And so there's this, you you know, after you find out it's a repulsive thing, then do you feel repulsed by yourself? And if so, how are you treating yourself and others because of that? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why we do recommend counseling or getting a coach or getting in a support group. And if it doesn't work, if you get in a situation with counseling and it's not helping, find a new counselor. Make sure they're trauma informed because there are a lot of different types of counselors. And you want someone that really understands what what kids go through with trauma and what it does and how it affects them. Uh, Because you as an adult don't recognize that you were a child and that it was trauma.
1: Yeah. Or you might not understand how that, what that means now as an adult, you know, Mm -hmm. what, so yeah, I, I think that was a big wake up for me just recognizing that, yeah, there, there's so many reasons. This is such a hard topic, but I think the main one is the repulsion and that repulsion also stops us from feeling good about ourselves sometimes.
0: Well, and also when we find out you too, there was somebody else, then we feel like, wow, that's awesome. Oh, that's terrible. Like that, that's why it's, it's such a hard thing because it's like, even when someone else has suffered, you're not really glad, but you're also glad you're not alone. So there's so Mm -hmm. many mixed feelings. And I think that's why doing the work is so important and being in a community that supports that because it is confusing.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was for me. Yeah. And and frankly, I don't think I would have recognized this without knowing other survivors and knowing their stories and becoming friends and close to them and then realizing, hey, I don't feel repulsed by them. I'm not revolted by them. I
0: yeah
1: am seriously repulsed by what happened to them. But that doesn't affect how I look at them. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to talk about this, because the more people realize this, The more people, I think there's so many survivors that will keep it a secret for as long as they can because they're so repulsed by what happened to them. They think they're revolting. They Mm -hmm. think they're repulsive and they're afraid to show that side of them. But that's not them. That's what happened to them.
0: Yeah. And and even there's been a couple of pretty famous podcasters. I remember one that finally came out and shared, but he was so afraid because he thought because he had gained some level of fame. He thought if he shared that he would lose his following, he would lose everything. And what he discovered is so many men were like, oh, my gosh, that happened to me, too. And I've never heard of anybody else that it happened to. Yeah.
1: So there's the rub. It is a repulsive, revolting thing there's no way to deny it. We have that instant reaction, the repulsion. Mm-hmm. And then we have that thought about the, uh, the, the whatever we're thinking about that's revolting. But we have to recognize it's the at and the perpetrator that are the ones that are repulsive, right. not the person that's the survivor.
0: Even the music from Mumford that I I don't oh, I think we posted no. that was really hard. That was hard to listen to, but it was good work. But you know, and I think that that's where, for lack of better, where it's confusing because it's like, yes, this has to come out. People need to know so that they can get free from their story. But but it is hard, and it's, I think people, yes. especially in a, a capacity of as actor or a singer, uh, when they're brave enough to do that, I think it. Hopefully will help people recognize that, man, it is okay for me to say something and to find somebody safe to talk to.
1: Yes, it's heartbreaking to think about because we don't want anyone to have to go through that. Mm -hmm. And it's heartbreaking to think of someone we know having to go through that but when you look at the statistics we all know someone's right gone happened. through that yeah and in order for people to be able to stop hiding it we have to learn to control how we react with our repulsion and not be revolted by them and make sure they know we're not revolted by them and and that's why people keep it secret is they don't want people to be revolted by them mm-hmm. but We have to recognize it's the act, it's the thing that happened to them, it's horrific. There's no measuring it. We can't measure what happened to someone else, whether or not we feel like, oh, that wasn't so bad, you know, or oh my gosh, that was so horrible. What we have to do is support the person that happened to and and make them know that we still love and care about them and we aren't revolted by them.
0: If you are somebody that somebody comes and tells you something and you're horrified, you're probably going to have a look on your face and they're going to translate it that it's yes. them when when you know it's not. But again, it's that clarifying. And that, again, is why I think it's really important to find the right person to tell. I remember somebody, I'm doing a new podcast and I've been interviewing people and yeah. there's a lady we'll have on here. And she said, find a church, go to your pastor. And I said, I don't think uh, that's always the best thing. You know, I don't know that pastors are necessarily slightly trauma trained. And for me, some people I know, the pastor said, don't ever tell anybody. And so, you know, it's finding somebody that if you go to a counselor or a coach that's trauma informed, they're not going to be shocked at you. Yeah. You're going to be able to say whatever you want and they're not going to fall apart. You're not going to have to manage their emotions. Uh, And that's something that I've had to do. If I had to tell people, I don't want to have to manage their emotions when I'm in crisis.
1: Well, and that's also, yes, you want to feel that your pastor is a confidant that you can share things with. But with abuse, there's also the aspect of do they know the perpetrator? Are they going to be affected by knowing the perpetrator or knowing your relationship or do they have a relationship? You know, there's so many variables there. When you're finding someone who you need to talk to this about, it's most helpful to find someone who's going to be objective. They're not going to be affected by whoever did this to you and, you know, other history involved, someone who's objective. And that's why generally it's better to find a counselor because they... (laughs) They're paid to be objective generally they they have to be so
0: and you know now there's this new trend since COVID hit of better help is yes, online, online counseling online
1: counseling yeah
0: and you can ask for what you want if you want a male if you want a female if you want someone trauma-informed so you you can go through the list and pick what you want yeah. uh, there's also a talk space and a lot of insurance companies will pay for that and they have coaches on there too counselors that are you know both coach and and then we we have our friend Mike if you're a guy we've got Marcus I don't think no. we've interviewed Marcus yet but no, these are no. all trained coaches that you can call and have an appointment with and and they're not going to be freaked out or shocked by your story
1: yeah so that's important because of this
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inches, kind of because the more people that become good listeners and if somebody tells you something it's not your job to help them it's your job to be a good listener and then maybe help them figure out what their next step is if they're in you know if they are in trauma if they are you know in telling the story the first time if they're freaking out helping them it's you don't have to feel like i've got to solve their problem or i've got to fix them it's just be a vessel that's like okay let, let's go what's your next step let's you know where can we go who can we get you hooked up with to get the help you need because you were really brave to tell your story?
1: Yeah. And I think this topic itself is something that I would add to our what do you say to someone, because I think it's important to let them know this is a horrible thing that happened. This is horrific. This is repulsive. This, But I don't find you any different because of it. I don't look at you as a repulsive. Somehow reassure them that I don't I'm still going to try and treat you the same as I did before.
0: Yeah. That was a terrible thing that happened to you, but it's not who you are and it doesn't define you.
1: Yes. I love the way you put that. That's perfect. Yes. Exactly what I was thinking, but just kind of meandering around. But yes, you know, that, that I'm an is important i important too.
0: I work on radio. I have to take five sentences and turn them into three words. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's what I meant, what she said. But yes, reassure them that you're not repulsed By them, I think that's an important Mm -hmm. another, another important thing. If and
0: I just hope that by bringing this up, and even that you're excited about something so awful, that maybe someone will go, Wow, maybe there is hope, maybe it is okay that you know there is there are places to talk about this. And if you're if you are feeling like it's time to tell and you don't know who to go to, contact us. We you can share your story on the podcast. I know that sounds scary, like I'm not going (laughs) to tell the world. you can
1: share your story with us first, mm-hmm. if you prefer.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's like saying the words is so freeing, and even in this new podcast that I'm doing, I can't tell you how many people in somewhere in their telling their story about recreating their life, they go they go back to, well, I had childhood trauma, and and I say, oh, by the way, uh, we have a podcast no longer ashamed, and I've got four or five people. Yeah. You know, that are that are calling me to do an interview about reinventing their life. And then we find out they have childhood trauma. They're in their 50s and 60s and they've never told anyone.
1: Yeah. And that's why for so many people. So don't be afraid of that. People don't view. Well, you
0: you... know, what? here's the thing, Kevin. They're going to be afraid. Oh, yeah. you're going to be afraid. So be afraid, but do it anyway. Yeah. It's like we always say things like that. We say, well, don't be afraid to. It's like, you know, you're going to be afraid. Do it terrified. When I told your wife. (laughs) i was terrified (laughs) and then i was terrified for weeks and i behaved very badly but i told somebody even though i was scared and then i was even more scared because i was afraid i was going to get in so much trouble when the abuser found out i had actually told someone and so yeah you're going to be afraid but do it afraid
1: yeah do it anyway and find out that there are people that will support you and won't be revolted by you and they still will treat you the same yeah
0: and imagine being on the other side of this. Imagine the freedom when you finally, finally told someone, because we all know when we finally tell a secret, we feel better. Even though we might feel kind of weird and and scared, it feels so much better. Imagine what it will be like when you don't have to carry this huge, big burden anymore.
1: Yeah. I just hope you are able to get to that point of realizing the act was the repulsive part, the but not you. Perpetrator was a repulsive one, not you. You were, you didn't deserve it and it wasn't your fault. You deserve to get healing. You deserve to be able to talk about it and not be afraid.
0: You're not ruined. You're not broken. Yeah. You're not damaged goods.
1: So that's it for today.
0: We are going to have a prayer time if you want to stick with us. If not, we believe in you.
1: We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories.
0: If you like this podcast, please rate and review because that's how other people can find us. And we really want to spread this message.
1: Father, I just thank you for all your blessings. I thank you that you love us, even though we don't always love ourselves, that you love us and you want to inspire in us that same love for ourselves. Lord, I just pray that those who are feeling dirty or damaged or repulsed at what has their life has been i pray that you would embrace them and let them know that you want them to have a better life you want them to live free of that what happened to them that you want them to live with you and and that you aren't repulsed by them even though what happened to them was terrible that you love them still lord i just pray that anyone listening tonight would find the courage to share even though they find what happened to them repulsive or revolting that they would be able to know that that doesn't define them that just defines the action that happened to them and they don't have to feel like that is defining them Lord I just pray for your embrace of those who are listening in their lives just embrace them and keep them close and let them know that that they could that they are loved by you and that just show them how much you care about them in your name I pray
0: and father I just Thank you that there is freedom on the other side of fear. And just seeing Kevin, his excitement about this horrible thing, (laughs) it just shows us that when we make those connections, when things fall into place and we recognize over and over that it wasn't us, that it wasn't our fault, that it was never intended to happen to us, that we can actually begin to get free from that and that we can actually live the life that we were created to, to live whatever we were sent here to do, Lord, that it's never too late. That it's not taken away from us because of what happened to us that we can still find that place of recovery and we can you know not that that's what we're thinking about when we're first being brave enough to share our story but that we can be a beacon look at julie uh, she finally got the help she needed and and then as she recognized you know that this was trafficking and then she was brave enough to go out and tell the story i mean who wants to say i was a preschool teacher and and i got trafficked but yet because of that knowing that it's happened to other people that Abuse is in every class, every money group, every, you know, doctors, as well as I, there's no, um, sometimes we think that, yeah, the abuse is just for maybe, you know, the homeless or maybe the poor, but it, it, it there's no, it, it crosses all lines and that, and that's why it's so important to know that it wasn't our fault. And I just pray, Lord, for courage to find someone and and Lord, that you would just bring that listener right across their path, that they don't have any choice, but to tell somebody that they can begin to get the freedom that uh, you want us to experience in our life and the joy that goes with that in your son's holy name. Amen.
1: Amen.